yearbook. It's a sports cast for nurses and for flight attendants and for you. And there is news on the flight attendant front. If you did not know about this already, she made some big news that a real-life flight attendant sold her novel about real-life flight attending, and she sold it for seven figures, which would be at least a million dollars. We don't know how much. She sold the book for at least seven figures, and now they're fighting over the movie rights. But And we made it sound like this. Now, we're not—I don't know why— this is what we said in the meeting. We're not talking about it this week. And I'm not sure why. But, well, I'm the guy responsible. So please address all correspondence. This says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. Um, but we're making it sound like an overnight success. Now she's successful. But she this is true. This flight attendant with a book was rejected by, what, 41 literary agents? 41 agents said no, or 42 said no, either 41 or 42. And then the next one finally said yes. Nobody wanted to represent a flight attendant who'd never written anything, who's now a flight attendant who's written a book. Until the next person finally did. And now again, it's a it's a thriller about real-life flight attending. And that's the beauty of it now, is you don't have to wait for us to explain it really poorly in next week's podcast, I command you to stop this podcast immediately right now and just look her up and look up her story. It's a, to us anyway, it's a really interesting story for a real life flight attendant that I think wrote about piloting. But of course, flight attendants know pilots, so she was able to ask people about that. Says in the yearbook at hotmail.com, I think we said that. Um, the Rock City Hurricanes. Long live. They're fake. It's a fake pro basketball team. They played the Knicks in a Christmas movie. But that may be the best fake team made up for a movie or TV show ever. Although, I'm thinking early 80s or was it early 90s? No, I think it was early 80s. I can't remember the name of the movie. But there was a fake pro baseball team, the Denver Devils. They should exist, too, Denver Devils baseball. If we had to choose the Rock City Hurricanes NBA team or the Denver Devils MLB team, I don't know, both should exist. I mean, Rock City Hurricanes is an awesome name, but Denver Devils could actually work. Yes, that's right. Stuff that uh, stuff that actually happened. It wasn't made up. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals. The Lightning beat the Canadians, but they also beat Corey Perry again. Corey Perry was on the Dallas Stars when they lost to the Lightning in last year's finals. And Corey Perry is on the Canadians and they and he lost to the Lightning in this year's finals. So Corey Perry lost to the Lightning in the finals in consecutive years with two different teams. It seems like that should be a record, but it's not. And I'm sure there are more examples, but... At the very least, back in the mid-1980s in the United States Football League, Ed Smith lost to the USFL Stars in the playoffs three straight years with three different teams. And even the NHL itself has a not quite the same example. And recently, uh, in three straight years from 2008 to 2010, Marion Hossa was with the Penguins and lost to the Red Wings in the finals, then was with the Red Wings and lost to the Penguins in the finals, 
then was with the Blackhawks, where he finally won the finals. Uh, The NFL also has a not-really-the-same-thing example. In the 90s, quarterback Gail Gilbert made five consecutive Super Bowls, four with the Bills and one with the Chargers, and lost all five. Uh, This year's Stanley Cup Finals also had a not-quite-the-same-opposite example. Patrick Maroon. Patrick Maroon, who in his minor league days was kicked off of one team just nine games into the season. A player who for the first part of his career was known as a guy with no scoring touch. Patrick Maroon has now won three consecutive Stanley Cups with two different teams. One with the Shocking Blues and then the last two with the Lightning. And for Corey Perry, for real, I wonder if he really did say in so many words as Corey Perry would say it. I can't believe I lost to these humps again. I was thinking that things, I mean, back to the movies, I was thinking that things like that only happen in movies, like what just happened to Corey Perry, but that doesn't even happen in movies. Uh, In the hockey movie Youngblood and the football movie Gus, both times it was players who wound up playing against their former teams in the finals. They weren't playing on two different teams, but uh, facing the same opponent two years in a row in the finals. They were guys who were on teams and then were facing their old teams for the championship. And actually, in both of those cases, it was the villain that was facing his old team. This is a record. Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman scored a goal in Game 3, and that goal made Hedman the first player in NHL history to... We'll come back to it. Whether the Canadians will be back again or not, who knows. But they were good finalists. They weren't overwhelmed by any means. The last two games of the five-game cup finals were pretty even between the Canadians and Lightning. And each team won one game by one goal. Uh, Yet another mainstream commercial. And by mainstream, we mean it's running everywhere, not just during sports. Uh, The commercial featuring Formula One racing and Formula One fans. Seriously. Formula One, or F1, fever, supposedly brought about by the mainstream series Formula One Drive to Survive, only on Netflix, has made making the podium a real mainstream thing, a real mainstream con- conservation conversation, rather. For the IndyCar series, which also has open-wheel cars, also has big personalities, and also has a podium... Maybe not, but I would think this has to be the hurt that keeps on hurting. While IndyCar ratings are up, the whole mainstream internet pop world is talking about F1. And I'm not sure any of this even residually helps Indy racing. And we have plenty of time to talk about this. I'll talk to you about it because there's no IndyCar races for a month. And this is plenty arguable. But to us, this is the most unusual NBA Finals since at least 1999. This Finals, this year right now, is the Suns and the Bucks. Generally, the Bucks haven't been relevant since the 1980s, and the Suns are going for their first ever championship. So to us, both teams are genuine surprises, not sports hype announcer, they shocked the world type surprises 
if you go back through the years, a lot of teams featuring LeBron James have been in the finals. So those teams are not surprises. So that eliminates all the recent finals with the Lakers, Cavaliers, and Heat. You ever heard of the NBA? Then the seven finals featuring the Lakers and or Celtics in the early to mid-2000s weren't surprising either. And by the 2000s, the Spurs were already really good, and everybody knew they were good, so they were unsurprising finalists. And with Pat Riley coaching Shaq and Dwayne Wade and Alonzo Mourning, the 2006 pre-LeBron Heat winning it all, that wasn't an upset either. Which leaves 1999, where the Spurs will explain the Spurs. Spurs, who generally hadn't been relevant since the late 1970s and 80s, sound familiar, beat the Knicks. The Knicks being essentially the only playoff long shot to ever reach the finals under the current setup. The only true NBA Cinderella under the current arrangement were those Knicks. And for the Spurs... It was the first time, as opposed to the five other finals appearances. Now, if you don't agree with us on that one, you'd have to rewind past Michael Jordan and the Bad Boys Pistons all the way back to the Supersonics and Bullets, or maybe the Trailblazers and the 76ers, both in the late 70s, for shock value equal to the Suns and Bucks. Again, all this can be argued. Just... Six years ago, the generally irrelevant since the mid-70s Warriors played the always irrelevant Cavaliers, who, yeah, had LeBron, but it was the Cavaliers. I would say, yeah, what got into the Warriors that year? But also, if you look at the roster, that team was great. And even the Cavaliers had already been finalists once before eight years earlier. So unbelievable NBA finals are unbelievably subjective But I would say this is the first true upset on both sides, an upstart from the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. This is the first time that's happened in at least 22 years. And the Bucs better have made the finals. They traded for Drew Holiday to get to the finals, but uh, just forget what you think about Holiday. He's really good, but is he great? And also just... Forget what you think about the players that the Bucks gave up. George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Are they underrated? Are they overrated? They rated just about right. Only look at what else that trade cost. Milwaukee gave up two first-round draft picks and the rights to the player they drafted in the first round last year. And the Bucks gave New Orleans the option to swap two future picks. So, If in a future NBA draft, Milwaukee is drafting ahead of New Orleans, the Pelicans don't have to trade. They can just switch picks with the Bucs. So Milwaukee is a Cinderella. If Cinderella completely sold off her future. Well, I'm thinking out loud without actually thinking out loud. Um, I guess, actually, Cinderella did that. Sold off her future. We're off the rails. Um, Yeah, she did. Cinderella gambled her entire future on one night. So, I guess Milwaukee is the literal definition of a Cinderella. Uh, Anyway, this brings up interesting questions about why. Milwaukee could now have two good players and no one else for a very long time. But just stick with right now for right now. They made the finals. 
When Victor Hedman, back to the NHL, when he scored in Game 3, he became the first NHL player to score in every month on the calendar. That record is COVID-aided, obviously, meaning hopefully Hedman's record is unbreakable. Uh, game 3, This to explain this, Game 3 was this month, in July. And even when the NHL season was even longer than it is now, it never stretched into July. But this season started late and stretched into July because last season ended late thanks to COVID. And because last season ended late, Hedman played and scored a goal in August. NHL players from any other seasons would never have been playing in July or August. Still, even though it's COVID-aided, this record is definitely worth mentioning because to set it, Hedman had to reach the finals. Only the Lightning and the Canadians made it to July. And in addition to being possibly the NHL's best defenseman, Hedman had to score goals. Not just in July and August, but every other month too. So, like everything else in the NHL, this wasn't just about some schedule maker. The player had to be great to set the record. <laughs>